gave me permission to do this. <laughs> oh my god. Sometimes we're gonna laugh and sometimes we're gonna cry. That's just the way it goes. Welcome to Stupid Wise Girl, the podcast for everyone and anyone who is seeking their purpose, who wants to change but might feel stuck. Our title is a perfect example of why you should not judge a book by its cover. Jackie aims to help everyone, not just females. Learn to dig deep into yourself in every episode and get real with what you need as we figure out exactly what that is. Whether it's a relationship or a career, we as individuals make stupid mistakes, although our wiser higher self always knew better. We must get to a place where we can accept our stupid and move forward into our wise. Here is your host, Jackie Minsky. Welcome back to Stupid Wise Girl, the podcast. I have a really great guest today and I'm super excited. This interview is actually very long overdue. It's with an amazing, amazing guy. Everyone, please welcome David Solomon. What's going on? Thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on. Thank you long for overdue. On. Long overdue. We've been trying to connect for, it's been about a month. We've been going back and forth and because of schedules, it's not working out. And actually, for those that are listening, um, it's pretty late at night and we're still doing it, which we'll, we'll get into this, but this is all about the process and not giving up. So thank you for doing this because it, right. it's 10 o'clock at night and we're here. <laughs> uh, no, you're very welcome. Very welcome. So, David, can you tell us a little about yourself? Because I know you do have a degree in electrical engineering, which my father that is correct. My father would love you because he's an electrical mm. engineer. And then you worked awesome. in GE for a few years, and then you went yes. on to start your own company. But correct. how did you start your own company, and what made you want to start your own company? Because it seems like you had a career, everything was going for you. So how did you start, and what made you want to take your own path into business? Um, you know what? I always had this fire inside of me. That I just want a little bit more out of life. And um, I remember... The day I walked off my job and took a leave of absence, because um, I was slowly getting into real estate, buying houses, um, selling houses, repairing houses. And I remember a few um, deals went through, um, investments went very well. And there's a company I wanted to invest in, I wanted to start. And a, and a partner of mine, you know, he gave me the business plan, we went over it. And um, I took a, what I did first was, as I was an engineer for GE, I took a leave of absence first to see how everything was going to kind of pan out. And, and uh, I remember calling my boss and I said, you know what, I'm sorry, Joe, but uh, I'm not going to be coming back. You know, I left 401k, I left company car, I left uh, company laptop, you name it. I was one of the top engineer um, at the time, great salary. And I just took a leap of faith. And it was a big risk at that time for me to really, um, you know, take that risk at that time during that market. Because, you know, most startup companies, they fail within the first two years. So uh, I kind of just didn't even think about that and just jumped in head first, you know. And it just kind of was a fire that was burning inside of me that I always knew as I was working as an engineer that this wasn't my last stop. I love that. You knew it wasn't your last stop. So um, I guess my question for you, when you were starting, for anyone that's listening who might be starting, yes. did your mind ever try to play tricks on you? And if so, how did you push past those fears? Oh, yeah, definitely. Your mind definitely going to play tricks on you because the first thing you think about is, first of all, financial stability. You don't want to lose that. So 
imagine me coming from, you know, where I came from. I, you know, I lived in a, I was born in a small town called Henderson, North Carolina. I had, we had one of everything, one McDonald's, <laughs> one shopping center, oh, wow. one that's, gas station. That, that's very hard and to then, believe, by the way. Sorry to cut you off, but it's hard to believe there's one McDonald's. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> that that's the town that I was actually born in. And, um, wow. And a little bit about my story. So we'll probably get into that a little bit later, too, also, too. So I went from there to Newark, New Jersey. And then from Newark, New Jersey, um, inner city, um, very high crime rate. I was living in one of the worst neighborhoods. Went on to college, became an engineer. Great job, you know. And my family probably thought I was nuts when I said, you know what? Yeah, I'm going to start my own company. So I did have that fear. But like anything... Fear is not real, and you have to live with faith. And I just had faith that I knew it was something a bigger purpose inside of me as uh, far as besides me working for the company that I was working for. Because basically, you know what really happened? We had, a, we had a dinner, and my manager was with the company for over 20-some years. And I was looking at where he was at after 20 years within the company. And I said to myself, that might be okay for him but that's not okay for me. So just that alone was more scary. Or I had more fear about that than actually leaving my company and start my own company, knowing that the sky's the limit based on what I put into it. So what I would tell anybody out there, um, you know, don't think about a plan B. Just go out there on faith and wake up every day and give it your all towards whatever dream or whatever idea you have in your head, just go and do it. And there's so many resources out there now that I didn't have back then that is so that is available for you to really get to your point even faster than than I did. Because marketing right now on social media is insane, you know, between Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, you know, so you can really get your company out there like far as how you and I met, you know. And uh, that's why that's why I really think that the platforms now it really benefits a lot of people um, that really want to start their own company right now. So I would tell them, I said, listen, yeah, your mind will play tricks on you. But however, stay focused, put the blinders on and just say to yourself that, you know what? I'm not going to let the fear take over. I'm going to let faith take over. So take fear out the game, put in faith and just give it your all every day. And trust me, it's, it's, it's going to work out for you. I love that. I always say, and this is something I live by, and I, and I think you'll probably agree, walk by faith, not by sight. And yes. it's very true because a lot of the times, even even this podcast, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. When I started this podcast, um, I want to say about a year ago, maybe eight months ago, mm-hmm. you know, when I first started, it, I didn't know who I was going to interview. I didn't know what I was going to talk about. But the point is I kept faith and I stayed consistent. I also think you have to stay consistent in what you're doing because a lot of times, a lot of entrepreneurs, what they do is they'll start one project and they won't finish it. And then they'll have another idea and they're all over the place. They're not consistent. And they, then their faith is broken because they don't have a clear vision. So do you agree that besides faith, you have to have a very clear vision on what it is that you're supposed to or want to be doing? No, I definitely agree. Uh, clear vision. And you also hit the nail on the head. You have to be consistent. 
I'm gonna be honest with you. It is when I say consistent, you have to be consistent doing bad and good days because you're gonna have those those days where you feel like it's just not working out. You're gonna want to give up. You're gonna want to turn the towel in. You want to go back to your job. No, you gotta hang in there. You gotta be consistent. You gotta keep beating at it every day. Just beat up. Just beat at it. And you know, and that's really kind of one of the key elements for any any idea, anything you're doing. Like friends, your podcast you're doing right now. You're being consistent. You know, you're interviewing different people. You're you know engaging with your audience. You're growing your brand because when you first had this idea, you really probably couldn't see yourself where you are now. And it's the same with me. When I first started my my platform with David Powell Talk, I would never think that less within what two years I'm teaming up with Shawnee Culture from Hot 97. Um, have my own conference tour, three different cities. Um, part of Eric Thomas, he's the number one motivational speaker of the world. So now I'm part of his actually called Game Changers, where they actually help to increase your speaking abilities, your brand. And they put you underneath his wing to kind of, you know, grow you at the same time. And just the opportunities alone that have that's, I have really have and I've been through is just really overwhelming. But it's really all about the seeds that I planted. You plant the right seeds, you're, you're going to look in your garden one day. You're going to be like, wow, look what just came up. And you have to plant those seeds. You got to water those seeds every day, even though you do not see the you know your garden at the level you want it to be it's almost i don't know if you're familiar with the bamboo tree uh over i want i want to say south asia i'm not sure exactly where it's at with a bamboo tree it takes about four years for this bamboo tree to grow but with this bamboo tree when you plant the seed you have to water it and you have to nurture it every day every day for four years you see you see nothing you see no growth you see you don't see anything and then all of a sudden after four years this tree comes out the ground and within a few days you have over a 30 to 40 foot bamboo tree that came out of nowhere. And that's how your life is. You have to plant that seed and every day you wake up, even though you don't see no activity, you got to keep watering it. You got to nurture it. You got to take care of it. And eventually like that bamboo tree, it might be a little bit later than four years. It might be a little bit sooner, but if you keep taking care of that seed, it definitely was, it's going to grow into something very amazing. And then people are going to say it was luck. <laughs> That's what mm. they do. That's what Yes, they do. exactly. Everyone thinks, <laughs> oh, you're lucky. <laughs> Everyone thinks it's like overnight yes. success. You know, they don't yes. even know what goes into it. And, and I love to say, and I'm sure you've heard this as well, the day you plant the seed is not the day you eat the fruit. And I love the yes. story of the bamboo tree. I actually read that story a few months back. So I love that you just mm -hmm. brought it up. But can you tell us a little bit more about David Power Talk and the business you're in yeah. now? Yeah, definitely. Um, David Power Talk, motivational speaker from the New Jersey, New York area. Um, let me tell you a little bit about my background. Like I said, I came from a small town, Henderson, North Carolina. Moved up to Newark, New Jersey at an early age, uh, between seven and eight. I realized that my mother and my father was addicted to drugs and also alcohol. And at the time, my father was not really in my life. My name is David Solomon Jr. And my father's name is David Earl Solomon Sr. And we both have the same name. Even with the same name, he was not in my life uh, for a father figure. My mother struggled uh, with her addiction for a very long time, in and out of rehab. 
I had to live with one grandmother. Um, I actually came to visit my mother's mother, which is my other grandmother, around Christmas time. And when I did come, uh, we got a phone call from my grandmother that I was staying with. And the only place I'll call home was Henderson, North Carolina. And she said I couldn't come back. She said that she can't keep me anymore. And that was part of my process of me understanding what pain is. Because first I got pain of realizing my parents are on drugs and they're not around. Then I got pain of my grandmother telling me I can't come back living in a town that I grew up in, I was born in. And now I'm living in Newark, New Jersey. So from a little country boy to the middle of Newark, two blocks from the worst projects, Prince Street projects in Newark, New Jersey, it was a culture shock uh, among anything. And at that time, my grandmother, she took me in and she said, don't worry, I got you. While your mother is taking care of herself, I'm going to take care of you. And at that time, like I tell everybody when I do speak, I took that pain, I put that pain in the bottle and I use it as fuel. Because when people don't believe in you, when people disappoint you, you can't use it as a crutch. You have to use it as something to motivate you to be more out of life. And at that time, I went on to high school, went on to college, got my degree. And I, I just never really let my circumstance or situation deplete me or deflate me. I, I, I really just put everything in a dark corner. I kept it there and I just kept, I kept moving. And it's so crazy because a lot of people that don't know my story but really know me, once they hear it, they're like, wow, I never knew you went through that. So, um, you know, I, and what happened, as I, as I told you, I've been entrepreneur over 17 years. So I've had my, my company for over 17 years. Uh, I made a lot of money, lost a lot of money. When I first started out as an entrepreneur, uh, my, my theme is never give up. The reason why I say never give up, because I'm going to tell you something. If you really want to be an entrepreneur, you have to tell yourself that you're going to fail. And you're going to fail often and you're going to fail a lot. And but you have to learn from your failures and you're going to have to understand that failure is a part of your process. Because the reason why I say that is because I remember I, I said this story. I'm not sure if you're familiar with it, but it was one holiday season. I was pretty much down to my last few hundred dollars um, holiday season. I was about to get evicted. I think even one of my cars got repoed and I really my company was really just it was going under and this was in the first couple of years. And I went out, I passed out flyers um, throughout the, uh, the demographic of where I market my company. I uh, used like every ounce of ink I had left in my printer, every ounce of paper I had left to my last probably $20 I had left in my pocket. And I just sat by the phone with my faith and I got a phone call. A gentleman came to me and said, listen, I have a project. Somebody abandoned my project. Can you come take a look at it? Give me a price. Long story short, within the next three days, this man put $8,000 in cash in my hand to start his project. I took that $8,000, started his project, rebuilt my company, and 45 employees later, um, three managers, office manager, um, several projects right now all the two other companies i'm still in business so when i say never give up you, you can't never ever give up so how i started david power talk you know my story is, is very deep within my childhood my adulthood entrepreneurship so a friend of mine she's a teacher and she asked me to come to career day one day and i said sure no problem so i came to career day i spoke to the kids I really dug deep within my story. I was very transparent with the kids, with the teachers. And they was just very compelled with everything I said. And they said, listen, this is something that everybody needs to hear because I'm a big believer that if you see it, 
you can achieve it. And a lot of the kids from the inner city, by them seeing a role model, seeing an individual, seeing a man that has that's come exactly from where they came from and did not use those circumstances as a, as a problem, they actually use it as a solution. It inspired them to want more out of life. So that's really my journey. My journey is youth um, and um, the Game Changers program that I do as a speaker. They ask you, what's your avatar? Avatar is what's your focus point? So my focus point in speaking is youth and also entrepreneurship. I like to inspire, um, you know, kids to let them know, listen, there's more out of life than what you might understand, what you see around you. You can achieve anything you want to achieve. And also entrepreneurs, let them know to help them out on their journey on trying to figure out their company, trying to figure out the next steps, uh, the do's, the do nots, the pros, the cons, you name it. Um, and that was kind of the birth of David Powell Talk. After I spoke to the school, I just kept going. And as you can see, if you go through my um, Instagram, which is which is at David Powell Talk, uh, if you follow me from the beginning to my early post to my to my post now, you can actually see my growth. And that is really a testimony of anybody have any idea, anything they want to do. Because when I started this out a couple of years ago, I would not think I would be where I'm at right now. So, um, you know, David Powell Talk, motivational speaker, Newark, New Jersey, New York City area, guy from a small town, parents addicted to drugs, father never in his life, mother passed away of a heart attack, father passed away of cancer, grandmother right now got Alzheimer's. I use none of that as a crutch. I look at that as a blessing because I am so blessed to have gone through everything I went through in life to be who I am right now because it made me nothing but stronger for not just me, but for my purpose and everybody else that needs me within my circle. I have goosebumps. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I have to say, I really admire your story and everything you just said, because coming from a really rough background, you could have easily went down that route as well. A lot of people do. So thank you for giving back and trying to help people come out of those situations and follow your path as opposed to the path that they might be around with their family or their environments. But my question to you is because sometimes when we are in these environments and they are tough and, you know, I'm a big believer in energy and when there's bad energy or toxic situations, how did you get by? Like, how did you handle or deal with those situations? How did you keep your mind right? Um, I'm going to be very honest with you. I, when I started, when I, I still promote this, hashtag choices. I, I'm a big believer that you're not, um, you're not a product of your environment. You're a product of your choices. And the reason why I say that is because at an early age, I realized that the choices you make really define your life. And even though it's toxic, things around you, you still have the ability to make a choice to go left or to go right. So in a neighborhood that I came from in Newark, which is two blocks down from Prince Street Projects, one of the one of the uh, worst projects in Newark, New Jersey, crime rate is the highest, carjacking, gangs, violence, drugs, everything you name it. I was surrounded by every toxic environment element that you can imagine. And then within my group of friends, um, there's probably about maybe seven or eight of us. Now, out of seven or eight of us, there was one one friend of mine that was, um, his name was Dwayne. Dwayne used to steal cars. So one day I was in a stolen car with Dwayne 
And I actually got out the car. And then 20 minutes later, I thought I got the car with Dwayne. I get a phone call while I'm upstairs with my grandmother. And Dwayne hit a light pole and Dwayne died. Oh, my God. And I was, I was just in that car 20 minutes prior to that. And that was the moment that I, that nobody to this day, well, now they know when I do speak at schools and everybody, nobody in my family, no, none of my friends, none of them knew that I was with Dwayne when this happened. So five days later, when I went to his funeral and I seen his casket and he's laying there and I'm sitting there crying, emotional, everybody just can understand how come I, he knew, they knew he was my best friend, but they was like, why David can't get it together? And the reason why I couldn't get it together because I felt like I abandoned him. I felt like that, you know, I disappointed him because I did make a choice to get out, but I didn't make a choice to try to help him also too. And that point on, I knew that you can't make a decision to try to fit in. And I came from a small town and that small town to New Jersey I wanted to fit in. So by me fitting in, I thought it was cool to do some of the toxic things. But that's why when I tell you I'm fully transparent, I'm fully transparent because you know what? I did. I made some bad choices. But luckily, my bad choices did not allow me to either get locked up or deaf or something that I just couldn't recover. It actually, my bad choices allowed me to recover and become better and to learn from them. I was saying live, learn, grow. And I had to live. I had to live through that. I had to learn from that situation. And I definitely grown through that, situa- that situation by me losing my friend at an early age. So one thing I can tell anybody, if you're in a toxic environment, I don't care what's going on, you have choices. Because I have my other friends that didn't steal cars, that didn't do drugs, and that lived two houses down from me. And he's a doctor. His, his, his name is Dr. Jenkins, another, another friend of mine. He's a doctor, Dr. Uh, Samson, um, and also Ramit. We all came from the same neighborhood. I was an engineer. I got another friend of mine that owns his own um, heating and cooling company. So, you know, you are definitely a direct reflection of your choices in life. And Dwayne and I made some bad choices. A few other friends of mine um, made some other bad choices that end up getting incarcerated for a very long period of time. So, the one thing that you have to understand is that you are your own leader. You are your own light. And you have to make sure that just because something is toxic around you, you don't need to feed into that because you're only hurting yourself and your family and everybody else around you. Because if I kept making those bad choices, I would not be here right now. I would not have my son or my daughter. I would not be here to see my grandmother. I would not experience every amazing day that God put me on this earth for every bad day, every good day. So the the thing you need to hold on to, I don't care how toxic a situation is, it, do, it all boils down to you. You have to say to yourself, I have a choice to go left or to go right. And knowing that you go in the right direction, you're going to be okay. And a lot of us look for instant gratification. Oh, and those just, instant gratification yes. can really bring you under. It can bring, because by you doing things that get you that instant love, that instant gratification, instant cool points, or instant money, it can lead you down the wrong path. So don't look for that. Look for longevity, you know? Stability. That's the main thing. I, I First and foremost, I, I'm, a, I'm very sorry for the loss of your friend. That, that story is heartbreaking. 
Um, no, no problem. I, I do love that you say that you have to be your own light. And I do think when you become and find your light, um, it's kind of what you're doing now. You're shining that light back for others to find theirs. Um, yes. And my question to you, because you said this in one of your posts, and I told you I was going to pick your brain about this in one of our conversations. You sure. Said, <laughs> you said if someone gives you darkness, you give them love. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, yes. Has there ever been a situation where someone was giving you darkness or someone was being a bad friend or a bad person or a bad family member? Was there ever a time that giving back love into darkness has helped or changed the relationship for the better? And if so, can you give us the example? Um, give you a great example. Uh, my father, my father gave me a lot of darkness. My father was not there for me. I see my father, um, beat my mother. I see my father, um, do things to my mother in front of me that could have broken a child. I see my father um, do things that I'm not, you know, uh, I'm not proud to say, to even say that a man would do something like that to a woman or to himself. So therefore, I held a lot of, a lot of anger, a lot of pain towards my father. But my father also too was addicted to drugs and alcohol. So those things that he was doing was a reflection of the abuse that he was putting into his body. But as a young man, a young child, I, I didn't understand that. And by him not being around also too, I couldn't understand that also too. So for years, I held on to that dark pain, that darkness of what the things that he said to me, the things that he did, the things he did to my mother. And I realized eventually as I grew older, I had to, I had to forgive. I had to let go and let God. And once I did that, and I'm, I placed that phone call to him, and uh, we had a long conversation. And it was so crazy because after that conversation, probably two weeks later, I flew my father up to uh, uh, New York area, took him to his first NBA game, um, treated him like a like a true a true king. And after that, he broke down at the airport. He cried. He apologized to me, and he just couldn't believe after everything that he did that I allowed him back into my circle, into my world. And, you know, he was just telling me how proud he was of me, that I still went on to school, got my own company, everything I'm doing. And it and it really, I wasn't looking for gratification. It actually helped heal me, and it helped me be a better person. Because sometimes people are so lost in their negative ways and their negative views, they don't, they can't see goodness. But if you give them enough light and enough goodness in them, it's going to come out. And then eventually it might wake them up. And it actually woke my father up because, like I told you, my father did pass away of cancer. But, however, we did, you know, uh, reconnect prior to that. And I was able to spend some quality time on really getting to know him, my background, prior to him passing away. And that was a direct reflection of me. Instead of me giving away darkness, I gave away love. And by me doing that, you know, I was able to establish a relationship with him and I based on me not holding a grudge and me not, you know, trying to walk around with an ego and saying, you know what, I made it. I don't need you. It's okay. No. You know what? People make mistakes. People are human beings. But don't get me wrong. Uh, I say this when I do speak. You, you can't help everybody. But you can give them love or you can love them from the far. 
because sometimes when you give that love towards darkness, it helps you to grow. Not saying you have to allow the negative or the toxic people still in your life if they don't get it. Because some people still just don't get it sometimes. But if they do, if they do try to change and they, they want to become better and you give them love, it's okay to bring them a little closer to you. But it's okay also, too, to love them from the far and know in your heart that you're still giving love and not giving away darkness. That is very true. I'm very similar to you in that way. And a lot of people say I'm naive or that I'm silly for doing that. And I actually posted the other day that pain and grudges, there are too much baggage for the journey. And I feel like when we're on this journey and we are bettering ourselves and we are trusting in our faith, we're dealing with our own demons while other people are battling their own. So it's it's really important not to take things personal. I, I also believe that you can't take things personally. Sometimes people do things and they don't even know why they're doing them because they have their own, let's say, childhood trauma or things that mm-hmm. they don't know how to deal with. So I definitely think that you know, when people are dealing with their own demons, it's important for us. And it's amazing that you or me or the very few, there's very few like us that can give love in the darkness. And the key really is to love them from afar. You got to ignore them and slowly you got to watch their behavior. Are they going to slowly change? And this could be either a family member or a romantic relationship or a friend, any, 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 it doesn't anybody but you have to watch if they become conscious that's the best word to to use are they going to become conscious enough to to start noticing their own traumas their Mm -hmm. own issues their own reactions their own demands expectations the list goes on and on and we don't discuss this enough actually because sometimes if it is family that's really the hardest to get rid of because how do you how do you get rid of family you know you can't really get Can, you can move them only so far, but there's family gatherings, mm-hmm. there's holidays. Yep. And do you think that if it is family, we should tolerate it? Or do you think if it, it makes no difference if it's family or not, if it's toxic, if it's bad, you have to kind of part ways and wish them well from afar? Um, I'm a big believer that if it's, if it's uh, somebody that just don't want to, like you said, to wake up or change or try to be better and they just going to be toxic. They're going to be negative and they're, they're really going to bring you down. You have to love them from the far and you have to distance yourself from them because I, on the opposite side of it, I have a cousin of mine that no matter what I do, I can't, I can't change him. There's nothing that I can say to change him. There's not enough motivational videos or talks or self-help books me to change him you know and i love him though i really do but however the person that he is the things that he do i can't allow myself to be around that or to be a part of that so therefore i do know that he yes you are blood however i do love you but i have to distance myself from you because you know you're going to put me in a situation not just not I'm not talking legal, but I'm talking about mental wise. Cause I feel like, you know, the older you get just in life in general, you have to surround yourself with like minds, like positivity. And you don't want something around you that's always negative, always toxic, because 
it's just it's really going to start bringing you down a little bit and it's going to disappoint you so you want to surround yourself with people that's positive people who just really appreciate life very grateful very humble um you know and people that really want to wake up because i'm gonna be honest with you the person i am right now i wasn't this person five years ago or 10 years ago but I always had something in me that continuously want to grow, like that bamboo tree. Like it was something in me. I'm, I might didn't see that tree yet, but that seed was was there, and it was it was shaking. It was like I'm almost there. I'm almost there. And some people are like that, you know. And but some people, you know, would never grow, and they don't they don't want to grow. So you know, really to answer your question, I believe that even though they family members. Um, you know, if they're going to be toxic, they don't want to be conscious. They don't want to wake up. They don't want to improve themselves. You know, you got to love them from afar. And the best thing you could do for them is pray for them. You know, don't talk bad about them. Don't talk negative towards them. You know, if they do call you, give them sound advice, but don't compromise your life to overextend yourself for them. You know, you have to set boundaries and that's, that's very important because a lot of us, we don't set the proper boundaries around people or circumstances or situations within our lives because we stretch ourselves out because our heart is like my, I have a great heart. So I had to realize that just because I have a great heart and I really want to do so much, you know, you got to set certain boundaries because you can end up hurting yourself because you're going to either be disappointed or somebody going to take advantage of you or, you know, and it's really not a good situation to put yourself into. So therefore learn to set boundaries and learn to, you know, love people from afar that it's not ready for that that change yet until they're conscious, until they wake up. So, yeah, you know, let them, let them toxic family members go out on their own. It's okay to speak to them. Hey, how you been? But after that, <laughs> keep it moving. Being in the business and, you know, being around so many people and changing lives, have you ever been around people or a person that really doesn't get it? really and oh it, oh you know, my god you named your cousin but has there been yeah, a, no. you know, there, there's so many people and it, and i don't understand yeah. it you know for for us i guess right. it's hard to understand but mm-hmm. and if so because you already mentioned your cousin let me ask mm-hmm. you a different question have you ever being in the business you're in have you ever seen someone change and what was that experience like like watching them mm, nice. maybe a negative person to consciously waking up and then watching them change their life. And let's talk about that process. Yes. Great. That's, that's a great, that is a great question. Um, actually as an entrepreneur, you know, I, I converse with a lot of different between clients, between my employees, uh, between, um, colleagues. I, you know, I just, I experience and I run across a lot of different people. And one person in particular uh, was an employee of mine, first started out with me, very, very kind of negative mindset, but was a great worker. And me, of course, David Powell talk, actually before I actually had this platform, I would really, you know, try to talk to them and, and listen, like, you know, you got to change your outlook on certain things. You have to kind of appreciate the opportunity that I'm giving you and understand that you can really grow within this company. And not only that, not grow within the company, but grow within your mindset and, and the way you look at things, the way how you treat people, how you talk to people. Because you can't be a manager if you're not a good leader, if you're not humble, if you don't have a great personality. So what you have to understand is that the person that you are showing right now, 
people are not going to respect you. They're not going to be not going to want to be around you. And I, I, I really and I what triggered with them was uh, one day I had a client call the office and they said, um, I want to speak to the owner um, because one of the employees that you had running my projects, um, you know, really disappointed us. And we wanted to kind of consult with you about that. So um, I I spoke to the client. I had them on speakerphone, and I didn't know that the manager was actually in the next office and could hear the whole conversation. So the the client really just was a very passive aggressive, you know, passive person, and he was very nice, but they was very transparent with the information. They really nailed down, you know, um, the person's personality the negative points about the person, the things that they should work on, why they was not happy. And I, they heard my response to it, you know, things that I suggested that I told them I would do within my company with that person. I would talk to them. And I think when they heard it from an outside party, it triggered something with them because once I ended the conversation and I brought the person into my office, you know, they, of course, they had tears in their eyes. They, they was very apologetic. And they really now, and they really um, stepped back and was able to understand how their negative personality not only affects um, the people that they converse with, but now it affects the company, affects the employees. You're giving a bad look on everybody and not just everybody, but also yourself because the clients say, you know what? David, when I met you, man, you're you're great. You're awesome. Every time I talk to you, you're just a you bundle of joy, man. You're just really, you know, I love dealing with you, but I cannot deal with this person. And I was just like, I'm sorry, I apologize. And I guess, you know, once they heard the comparison between me and them and the reason why that person did not want to deal with them but wanted to deal with me, they realized, you know what, I got to work on myself. I got to be a better person. I got to work on my personality. I got to be more humble. I got to stop being so negative. I can't be toxic. And that's what triggered within them. So I think, I think sometimes some people need self-reflection um, of themselves. But some people walk around and really don't, you know, really don't understand how bad they are. And I think sometimes they need a wake-up call to really, uh, to really see, you know, the negative side of them, you know? It's so, it's so interesting that a, a stranger can have that effect on someone because sometimes it's the people closest to us that we don't want criticism from. We just don't, we don't, for some reason, we don't listen to the people closest to us. It's almost like everybody wants to learn for themselves. But that story made me think of a really good question. As a businessman Mm -hmm. dealing with employees, some negative, how many strikes do you give an employee? Because let's say you do have some (laughs) negative. How do you right, right, how do you watch that right. growth? And when do you say, okay, you're gonna take my company and you're gonna make me look bad? How does that how does that work? How do you go through that? Right. No, that's good. That's a good point. Um it's um it's very touch and go. It's, it's very touchy. Um I will say that I am one of those bosses. I I don't, I don't even like the word boss, to be honest with you. Um I am one of the owners that I'm not really um I'm very stern and I have a very, uh, you know, uh, low tolerance for poor performance, poor workmanship. Um, so therefore, I will say that I will give you a, a second chance, maybe a third chance. But after that, 
I have to cut ties because one thing I learned in business is that it's going to hurt your company more than it's going to hurt you because the people within the company, they need to grow. The company needs to grow. And if you have a bad apple within your bunch, that bad apple can mess up the entire, the entire batch. So I learned the hard way that sometimes you just have to put your foot down and you have to let that person go because the more you tolerate that, the more you are saying that it's okay for it to happen. And so I would tell any business owner out there that, you know, remember this one key element is that you're not raising a family. You are running a business. Perfect example. I'm not sure if people listening, like you have Chick-fil-A and you might have McDonald's. Every time I go to Chick-fil-A, it's always, hey, how you doing? It's a system they have set up that you feel like they really appreciate their, their, their customers, their clients. Everything is normally on time. They have a very high um, rating on uh, customer service and also productivity. But then if you go down the street to a McDonald's, you might get somebody with an attitude. You might get somebody, you might not get your fries. <laughs> you just, you it's, it's almost night. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You won't get the yes. sauce. <laughs> exactly. It's night and day. Yes. And that's what you have to understand. You don't want to run a McDonald's. You want to run a Chick-fil-A. And by doing that, Chick-fil-A, they set a certain standard that you have to live by as far as your personality, your customer service, your dress code. They're very stern with that. So within business, I've learned the hard way. I have to be very stern with that. Because before, I would give you a second, a third, a fourth chance. And it was only hurting the company. But now, I might give you a second chance. After that, I have to cut ties because I'm in business to keep a business. I'm not in business to lose my business. So, um, you know, that that's really where I'm at right now. Right now, I don't really give the, the second or third chance right now. I, I will... I will talk to you. You know, I will see if you're trying to improve, or if you recognize that you did make a, a mistake and you really are sincerely apologetic about it and you really want to grow within the company and you really want to take the time out to learn from your mistake. But you might get some people that's very defensive. They just don't want to listen to you. Very condescending. Those are the type of people that you really have to let go. It's, it's kind of like there's a saying, because what we're talking about, the fruit, the bamboo tree, but there's also a saying, you know, when a fruit molds, if you keep it around the other mm. fruit, eventually the rest of them are going to mold. And that's really powerful because it's the same thing with our surroundings, with yep. business and everything. But let me ask you one more business question since we're on the sure. topic. And I do love your outlook on things when it comes to the hiring process. And let's say you meet yes. someone and maybe they don't have the greatest resume, but when you interview them, you see a little bit of potential. Would you mm -hmm. hire someone that you see potential in versus someone who let's say has a perfect GPA, perfect resume, but their personality is kind of sucky? Um, yes. I'm a big believer that you can start in a mailroom and work your way up. Um, you know, I, um, I actually recruited one of my managers like that one time, didn't know anything about construction, anything at all, but I seen potential, um, in, in that person based on a certain, certain things that they was doing. And I, I, I realized that, and I gave them some small things to do at first in the beginning. 
and everything I gave them, they they knocked it out. They kept they just kept just overachieving, overachieving. And I was like, wow, this is this is awesome, you know. But did they have some you know some proper growing to do? Yes, they did. Did they have to learn from a few things? Yes. But however, they took on a challenge and they actually grew and they and they became they really worked their way up from the mailroom all the way up to one of the top managers within the company. So I believe that somebody that has the potential, because uh, I believe that a great coach can turn somebody into an amazing player. It's the same thing with Phil and Michael Jordan, you know? So <clears throat> Michael might not be Michael Jordan if he never had Phil. So, you know, it's, it's the same scenario is that a real good coach can look at a, a potential player and turn them into something, something great. And then you might have somebody that come out, number one draft pick, got all the skills, all the talent, got all the the hoopra and everything everybody's waiting on them and they drop a dud you know and i had that i had one guy come to my office resume was amazing he used to have his own company you know and i, I was like you know this guy's gonna be great and i hired this guy i come up he's sitting on a he's sitting um you know at the job site taking his time smoking like he, this guy was the worst decision that i made so of course i let him go you know very quickly um because he just didn't have the ambition he wasn't motivated. Um, you know, he just he just wasn't uh, a, a fit for the company at all. I'm not sure what company he would be a fit for. <laughs> yes, exactly. Like, you got to go, man. So, yeah, to answer your question, um, yes, I do believe if I do see potential in you, yeah, I'll take I'll take that risk. I'll, I'll see which I'll see exactly, um, you know, what you can develop into. I, I believe that, you know, everybody can be a butterfly. But remember, a butterfly doesn't start out that way. And on one of your most recent posts, which was beautiful, you were thanking God for waking you up every morning. Is that something yeah. you do every day? And if so, can you take us through? Do you have like a morning routine that you do? That yeah, I do. I do. Um, I really do. I, I, uh, as soon as I open my eyes, the first thing I do, I thank God for waking me up. I am very thankful. I have great gratitude. That's the first thing you do when you wake up in the morning is always be thankful always have gratitude take a take out at least two to three minutes and just meditate and just think for a minute regroup don't just pop up and hop in the shower and look to instagram or turn the tv on no take a moment to breathe take a moment to be thankful take a moment to have great gratitude take a moment to appreciate your life and that's the first thing i do i wake up um i'm very thankful i, I say a small prayer i'm a big believer and the man above, I know a lot of people have their own uh, religious background, which is okay. I, I, I'm not against none of that, but just who I am as a person. Um, when I wake up, I wake up, I give him all thanks and all praise. I have great gratitude. Um, uh, I'm very thankful. And then I, um, I commence to start my day. And then when I do start my day, I actually, I listen to either um, a motivational video or a podcast because I'm a, I'm a big believer that you have to be a student of your craft. So with that being said, I know that I am a young, a young motivational speaker. I, you know, I'm new into this field far as I'm not having been 10 or 15 years down the line. I'm not one of the number one speakers in the world. So therefore I want to learn from them. So I might put on Tony Robinson. I might put on Gary V, Eric Thomas, I might put on Inky Johnson while, you know, while I'm brushing my teeth, taking a shower, while I'm making some coffee or a bagel. 
I listen to something that's going to enhance my mind and going to open up my mind to something very positive. Because the first thing you want to, the first thing you don't want to do is put something negative into your mind. Like I don't read an email right away. I don't read a text right away. I don't turn the news on right away. I want to start my day off with first with gratitude. And then I want to start my day off with something very positive to listen to. As, and then I start getting into my routine as far as, you know, getting dressed. And then I, then I might turn the news on or something like that. Or, of course, you got to check your emails, got to check your text messages, got to got to move forward, you know, throughout your day. But start your day off um, being thankful, being gratitude, and also start to touch your day off with something very positive. Every night before I go to sleep, I also I say thank you, God, you know, for today. Yes. Or- you know, for the little things, I actually have one episode on gratitude specifically because we get caught up in everyday life and the stress of responsibilities, business, family life, whatever the case is, and we forget the simple things. You know, I even said in this episode that I did a few weeks ago, even the fact that we can have a glass of water or take a clean shower or even listen to a podcast. You know, if you have the ability to have a device and listen to something, you're already so many steps ahead of some people who, let's say, are homeless or don't have clean water. You know, it's gratitude and all the small things that will bring forth all the big things. And I was was actually going to ask you who your favorite speakers are. I think you mentioned a few of them. So those were the Yeah, my um, my favorite speaker, I have to give it up to him, is uh, Dr. Eric Thomas. He is one of my favorite motivational speakers. He is actually one of the first speakers I actually saw listening to. And he actually, um, you know, he helped me because when my father did get cancer, I went through a period of not really depression, but I kind of like just let my company go for a little bit. Because what happened, I was over in Dubai for my birthday. And I got a phone call from my sister, and she said, listen, I just want to let you know that Pops found out he got staged for a cancer. They gave him three months to live. So I cut my trip short. I flew down to North Carolina. And within that three months of him got diagnosed with cancer, stage four, I flew down almost every, every four or five days. I fly down. I stay with him for like two or three days fly back to Jersey, work a little bit, fly back down. And I really wasn't focused. I really wasn't, you know, doing what I had to do. And once my father kind of passed away, I kind of just laid off my grind, laid off the company a little bit. And, um, you know, things was kind of falling under just because I took for granted the gift that God gave me. God gave me a gift on running a company and doing things that when customers meet me, they really appreciate who I am and what I have to offer. And I took that for granted, and I, I allowed myself to um, not see the, the true purpose of that. And when I was trying to now rebuild everything, and you know, like, you know what, Dave, stop. Let's, let's get things back on track. I actually went on YouTube, and I found Eric Thomas. And I saw I listened to some of his videos, some of his messages, and it really just it just put a clear picture in my head on a lot of things that I needed to change and a lot of things that I wanted to work on and a lot of things I wanted to do. And that, that token there, that's who I am. I'm a warrior. I'm a fighter. I call my, I'm a Navy SEAL. I tell my kids that all the time. I said, listen, your father's a Navy SEAL. I don't care what I've been through in life. I'm that type person. I'm going to be the first one in battle. I don't want to be the last man, last man out, first man in. That's who I am. So, 
I went to Eric Thomas, uh, one of his first, I, I think one of my first uh, conferences to see him in person. And it just, it just changed my life. So Eric Thomas would be my, would be my number one. Uh, number two would probably be Les Brown. Uh, number three would probably be, I want to say Gary V. Number four would be Tony Robinson. Um, number five would probably be, I want to say Jeremy Anderson because he's a, motivational speaker as far as for youth and that's my avatar so at that point um i like to learn from people that's already successful within the same you know same field that i'm in so um that's that's why he's one of my key speakers also and i want you to go to his first video that went viral it's uh want to succeed as bad as you want to breathe um put that in there eric thomas but watch the full clip and when I tell you, once you watch that and you start watching some of his, like every morning, like he has so much content out. If you just start listening to some of his stuff, it's really going to change your perspective and it's really going to motivate you and inspire you. Like he's very inspirational. Um, he, he's really, uh, he, he's dope. Like he's amazing. He is. I just have to say, I, I admire your work. I admire you as a person, even in the few conversations we've had, this conversation, this podcast. Um, I definitely want to thank you for doing the show. I'm going to close the show with one of your quotes that you posted for everyone. It's, you are only one opportunity away from your dream, so mm. keep going. Uh, David, mm. can you give them your social media so mm. they can find you, they can contact you? Yes. At David Power Talk, that's my social media for Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you name it. I keep it very simple, very easy for you guys to find me at David Power Talk. You guys follow me. Um, I just want to say also too, thank you, thank you, thank you for having me on. This was this was a great um, interview. Um, you are in a you are in a great space right now. You know, I've done a few other podcasts. And I will say that um, this is this is good. This is good. You have you have you have a gift, and I need you to double down on this gift. That means so much to me. So coming from you, so thank you for that. You, I have goosebumps. <laughs> this has been so good. <laughs> yes, thank, definitely, thank definitely. So much again. Thank you so much for doing it with me. And remember, you no guys, problem. you are only one opportunity away from your dream. So, David, tell them to keep going. Yes, guys. She said it. That's the quote. You are only one opportunity away from your dream remember that never let the opportunity stay away from you if you don't see the opportunity it's coming keep going stay consistent be determined remember i live by this this is my platform no matter what never never ever give up because you are one only one opportunity away from your dream <laughs>